A tip to stay positive is to take a step, no matter how small, every day towards living in your true alignment with your values. That can be a powerful mindset to be in, and that's what I'm trying to do day by day. Just step a little bit more towards my values. It's first of all knowing what they are and taking that step towards it. It just makes a difference to your own happiness, your own contentment. I know it's changing my life. It's rewiring my brain, and it's making me a lot happier than I'll ever have been. It's not always easy to do. And in the days that it's actually difficult, it's just about being kind to yourself, whether that's emotionally, physically, or psychological as well. Welcome to the Get Unstuck Fast Viscosity podcast brought to you by VLM training and coaching specialists across the UK and Australia, hosted by me, Vicky Main. Are you a business owner, leader or executive? Have you ever felt stuck or disappointed where your life or business is heading? Do you ever feel overwhelmed, compare yourself to others or feel like you're swimming in treacle at times? This podcast is here to help you get unstuck fast from viscosity to achieving escape velocity and expanding your knowledge. Our guests on the show will share practical tips and real life experience about how they got out of negative situations or circumstances to live their best life on their terms. We will be sharing real life stories from real people doing some incredible things. Stay tuned for our next guest. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of the Viscosity Podcast. I'm your host, Vicky Main, and today we have Tony Addison online. Welcome, Tony. Hi. Hi. Nice to see you again, Vicky. How are you? Yeah, really well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Okay. Just had a walk on the beach. Nice oh, and relaxed. nice. Nice. Which this. one's that? Is that in Timeline? Whitley Bay, just outside of Spanish City. So, yeah. Amazing. Yes. In the northeast of England, fabulous. In the northeast what of a, England, yes, yes. What a beautiful place to live. What a beautiful place. Well, it's been lovely and sunny today. I'm currently in Chelsea in London, so it's been lovely and sunny and um, live near the Thames. So it's actually quite smooth today, which is lovely. But let's get started. I wanted to ask you, Tony, can you tell our listeners more about your career journey and what you're doing now? Yeah. Okay. So the short answer is that I currently work for Macmillan Cancer Support as a planning performance partner. And that's after working for the government within the UK for 19 years. So that's also known as a civil service. It's been a huge change for me. I think if I go back to the time that I moved, it was a big surprise for everyone, including myself. Um, didn't necessarily anticipate it. And usually when you enter the civil service, people tend to stay there for life. So it was a massive surprise that I wanted to move on. And some of the things around that was, I'll just have to tell you some of the story around my, my yeah. journey within the civil service. I previously worked in 12 different roles, so almost like three different career paths within the civil service itself. That was across six different grades. That's within your department for work and pensions. That's within your Majesty's revenue and customs. And the types of departments that I've worked in are um, finance plan and performance, um, your operations, network management, and operational excellence. So if I take it right back, all the way back when I was at school, I like to think I was a fairly high achiever, but my parents got divorced when I was 15, 16. And that was the same time that I didn't really cover myself in glory. This is how my civil service career started. I basically went off the rails just a little bit, not something that I'm totally proud of. And what it meant was that I didn't take full accountability for my own actions. But in the meantime, it meant that I took a temporary role as an admin assistant whilst on twilight shift whilst I was at sixth form. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I was ever really meant to work within the civil service itself. I just kind of seemed to fall into it. I actually had grand plans to own my own business, funnily enough, to help people with disabilities. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later. It didn't quite happen, but 19 years later, and it's almost gone in a blink of an eye. 
I do look upon that time as a little bit of a learning curve. And once I started to mature, I went from being an admin assistant to an advisor to a team leader and also a coach as well. And that was around about the time that I met you, Vicky. You were my lecturer as part of a degree in leadership management and organisation. And that's whilst I was working full time within the Department for Work and Pensions. I don't know if you remember too much about that time whilst I was at Gator College. Can you remember much about that time, Vicky? Absolutely. And I do remember, I do recall your graduation at Teesside University. And it was, you know, having known you, because we met initially when I did the Chartered Management Institute, when I delivered that within the Department of Working Pensions. So that was, we met then and there was your whole group and cohort that had been there working for quite a long time within each department. And yeah, I remember, you know, saw you and you were just so like, you wanted to absorb or absorb all the information. You were like a perfect student, really, or model student, if you like. Our perfectionism doesn't exist. But um, yeah, I remember your journey and how, and what's lovely is to see how you've progressed and particularly all the things that you've been doing recently on LinkedIn. And I know you're going to share a lot about that as well as we go through this, but I absolutely can remember. And, um, and it's nice that coming back from Australia and being back in the UK and connecting with you again. It was great to connect. And here you are now on my Get Unstuck Fast Viscosity podcast show. So yeah, soon to be on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Just to follow on from that, I don't want to embarrass you too much, but you actually have had it. You have had a huge impact on my life. I went on, since I last spoke to you, certainly in college, since I got my degree, went on to have a further four promotions over that next 10 year p- period. It was almost like you were a voice in my ear every step of the way. So it was almost a case of what would Vicky do in this situation? What did I learn? <laughs> Whether it was change management, leadership, research methods, managing for the customer, lots of different things that I learned through that period of time I always took with me. So it's I, I did find that quite interesting. Thank um, you. I was just going to say that it was about that time and I did actually start to find my niche. So just after I got my degree, I started to find my niche a little bit. I moved into roles involving real-time analysis, long-term planning, workforce optimization. But I started to move into senior roles after that. I became a business change manager, a stakeholder and product manager. And that was around about the time that my son was born. Little Noe, he's not so little anymore. He's seven and then coming on eight. I started to move more into leadership roles as well and within finance plan performance. And this is ultimately where I really, really found my passion, which is around performance and insight became a business partner. It's what I really came interested for quite a while. I loved everything about the role. I loved everything about performance and planning. I loved being able to articulate complex information, presented and insights, and whether it was to a director, whether it was to a leadership team, or whether it was to 100 people on a call. It was all about identifying key themes, key risks, opportunities, and, and that was right across the business. And then understanding how your target audience was about, like, how did they receive that information? What was it all about? I felt like I enjoyed it and did enjoy it. I felt I was good at it though as well. But it was around about that time that I got my last promotion. Something just didn't feel right. And this is starting to come around now why I came to McMillan in the first place. And talking maybe 18 months ago when I started to think this way. Got the biggest promotion I'd had, which would have really set me up for life. It would have meant that my family was secure. It would have meant that I was really well paid, but I just wasn't happy. I felt it in my gut that I wasn't happy. As soon as I accepted the promotion, I knew that I wasn't really happy. I couldn't put my finger on it, though. So I needed a little bit of help. And this is where I hired a coach. I went external to the civil service and hired a coach just to try and understand a little bit more about why that was the case. I didn't want to grow up to be that grumpy old bloke who just complained about things. I wanted to do something about it. 
So this is when I really started to understand what my personal values were. And my personal values are all about making a difference, acting with honesty, integrity, and trust, being creative, connecting with like-minded people as well. Um, and it just so happens that around about the same time, I set myself up on LinkedIn properly. I was always on it, but I wasn't really on it properly. I hadn't really done my CV. hadn't really signed myself up to job applications or, or job posts. And it just so happens that the Macmillan post came around at the right time. And I looked at it and I just ticked absolutely every box. I've only been at Macmillan around about six months or so, but I feel like I've not really looked back since. I've always described it. When anybody asks me, I've always described it as like riding the crest of a wave. Everything just seems right about this and I've never been happier. So that's my journey from the civil service and why I came over to the work from Macmillan. Wow, that's absolutely fascinating and good for you. I love the fact that you know you're very clear on what your values are and you know yourself and you've clearly spent a lot of time working on you. Now, I've been watching your LinkedIn posts recently and I want to make highlights to you mention in your you've been really interested in personal projects of the hashtag 10 for 100 and it brings me so much joy when I see you post daily now, is it? And can you share with the listeners a little bit about what that's about and tell us about a bit more about that? Yeah, and I can also, when I go into it, I also want to make those similarities with your book as well, so the momentum mindset and this podcast itself as well. So I've listened to pretty much every, I probably shouldn't say this to you, and you probably want to hear this as well, but I've listened to every episode. <laughs> Um, oh, thank and you. I found lots of interesting bits from every single episode and some things I can put in my back pocket for when I need them as well. So I found it fascinating. But there is some you. synergies. There's some synergies with the journey that I'm on as well. The very start of it all was understanding my own personal values. That's the very starting point. But it was when I really started to accelerate my journey, my kind of change, when I started facing up to my personal real challenge. So for those that don't know me, and because this is on going to be on YouTube, I'll show you physically as well. I was born with a physical disability, so I'll put it in the camera. Um, something called hyperplasia in syndactyl of the right hand really means that I was born with a missing, like missing fingers in the film. It's something I've really struggled with throughout my life, not so much physically, but more psychologically and emotionally. And I'll tell you a bit more about that. So really, some of that, in, some of that was about you know, some early life experiences, if you like, some not so great um, life experiences. I never felt truly accepted for who I am, except for when I was helping those like me, people born with a difference or living with a difference. This is why I'm inspired so much by a charity called Reach. And um, this is a charity that helps kids with hand and arm disabilities. And to a mentor for each summer. So I do this mentoring every summer. It's for kids that are age 11 to 17 or 18, which are about 17 at the latest. Yeah. Lots of different activities that you do each summer. And it can be quite tricky, but it's fascinating. It's amazing watching them on their journey. But alongside that, since working for Macmillan, I've been inspired almost on a daily basis. Regularly witnessed through lived experiences the incredible influence that this organisation has on people impacted by cancer. So it's actually the impact that working for Macmillan that's had on me that I didn't really anticipate either. Did not anticipate it. Before Macmillan, I hid my hand through 99% of all situations during my life. There wasn't a day that went by that I wasn't conscious of it, of my hand. I became really good at hiding it, which is not a great thing. It meant that I was never fully present in anything that I did, which always caught up with me as well. I felt like I was constantly being deceitful and dishonest to people, which did come at a huge cost to my own personal happiness. And I think that's linking into my transition from the civil service over to Macmillan as well. And this is where Macmillan comes in. The role that I'm in now, the planning performance partner role within Macmillan was perfect, but it's actually the people that I'm working with that have made all of the difference. 
like so my team, my manager, my seniors, people who I'm linking in with, who I'm partnering with, just help me work in a psychologically safe environment. I've never felt that psychologically safe to be who I am. And it does make such a difference to bring my whole self to work. Um, wow. incredible. I, I'm just absolutely blown away by what you've said. And in fact, I don't think we'd had a conversation. I think just at the end of you graduating at college and uni, you then shared with me, you know, what your thoughts were and what you shared. And I'd never noticed for three years, you know, even in every class and lecture, you always, as you said earlier, hide your hand. And it was, I never knew. And, you know, I think what you've shared today and what you're sharing on LinkedIn is so important for everybody to be able to embrace who they are, whatever that is, embrace the uniqueness about who you are. So I think it's really, I'm so proud of you, Tony. <laughs> oh, I mean, I can hear that in your voice and it is lovely for you to say as well. It is amazing. Um, yeah. But it's interesting when you go back to even your experiences there, you, you didn't notice. And you know why? It's because I always situated myself in a certain way so that you'd never see if I was doing a presentation, if I was doing yeah. the creative module at the very end. So it was never even talked about, it was never up for debate, never up for discussion. Oh. If it ever came to a situation where I needed to shake people's hands, you wouldn't see us. I would probably make my excuses or I would do it in a slightly different way. It just so uh-huh. happens I'll be carrying too many things. So, oh, sorry, I can't shake your hand. Those kind of things that I was always thinking about, so it meant that I was not always present and not taking absolutely everything in. One of those things that I'm trying to dispel, trying to untangle a little bit, bit by bit. So really, yeah, I went from allowing myself to show that vulnerability and it's definitely paying dividends in the work that I do on a day-to-day basis. So when I do that at McMillan, I know I'm doing the best work I've ever done and that does come across in the way that I talk, the way that I present and the way that I'm actually building those relationships that I need to build. It's just almost like the... I've been let loose a little bit. And it's, it's, yeah, it's you amazing. have. You um, have. But it's slightly different. So I went basically from hiding my hand for the last 20 years, feeling ashamed about it on a daily basis, to only discussing it with the CEO of Macmillan. We'll never have done that in a million years. And being able to support other people as well, like as part of a disability employees network. But that transformation does blow my mind a little bit for how far I've came. But I know like just linking into the, um, the hashtag 10 for 100 uh, challenge that I set myself, it's only one part of the story um, where I've been at McMillan. I'm very aware that I'm not like that. I've not been like that anywhere else in my life. So outside of McMillan, I really want to set a good example to my kids. Noah, I mentioned before, he's seven, but he's also autistic and he has ADHD. And I never, ever want him or my daughter, Aoife, to grow up in a world where they can't feel like they can be themselves all of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's really something that kind of sits with me. I want them to have that sense of belonging that I did struggle with for an awful long time. I did struggle to achieve that. It's part of the recent, it's the rationale behind my moment of inspiration. So woke up at two o'clock one morning thinking, wouldn't it be good if I did this challenge? And that's what I'm going to talk to you about now. I thought Fantastic. I'd just get on with it. Get on with it. Um, so would you like me to tell you a little bit more about what? Absolutely. About? Feel free. I'm, I'm just intrigued. I'm listening. Feel free. Tell me more. Okay. So Tell us like more, you, the listeners. Like, like you said, it's called hashtag 10 for 100 or just 10 for 100. It means that for every day that I'm true to myself, true to who I am, warts and all, over a 100-day period, I'm personally going to donate £10 split between both Macmillan and Reach Charity, the two charities that are close to my heart. So what it's all about. It means stretching myself physically, emotionally and mentally. So physically, psychologically and emotionally. It means not hiding my limb difference at all in any context. So not necessarily waving around in front of people, being a little bit like being normal, but really talking about it truthfully, educating people when they're asking questions as well, 
it does sound easy enough, um, but it's actually been quite a huge challenge for me. There are some people, and like I said at the start, that have known me for so long, for 20 years, that just didn't know anything at all. And I've started a challenge, so you've mentioned that already I'm starting to put posts on on a daily basis, and I'm on day 29. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about some of the things I've done so far. I think they're incredible, but you might think differently, but I think they are. So I've done things like shaking someone's hand for the very first time, intentionally, and that's just something I never, ever did, ever. So I'm really glad I did that. Delivered an in-person presentation with my arm showing to 40 people. I thought it went well. I thought it's probably the best presentation I've ever done, to be honest. I played football with a short sleeve shirt on for the very first time to lads that I've played football with for 20 years. It was amazing. Went to a Newcastle match with a short sleeve shirt off for the very first time. It's actually the most that I've ever enjoyed a football match. And wow. that's because I was fully present, was able to support the lads. And it's got nothing at all to do with the fact that Newcastle beat Man United 2 0 as well. <laughs> and it helped a little bit. I've been rock climbing recently, so I love that. And that's a physical challenge that I love doing. Only done it so often, but yeah. I, I really enjoyed it when I did it. So I thought I'd go ahead and do it. And I really enjoyed it. But that was in an open environment with everybody else watching as well. That's the first time I did that. I recently did a talk to 600 people across Macmillan about my story. And it was amazing. Really overwhelming, to be honest. I'm not really used to talking about myself on a one-to-one basis, never mind to 600 people. So lots of anxiety that I can talk about in a minute. Um, mm. And I never really thought I'd do this podcast today. So I've just been as anxious as I have been excited ahead of this as well. So... Wow. Um, I'm glad that I'm doing it, but it is another hurdle. It's another challenge. Yeah. Now, now that I'm doing it, it actually, I'm really enjoying it. Um, Fantastic. I know. And I talked about other things that I wouldn't normally ever talk about as well. So I've talked about things like network. Could you imagine you've got a hand like mine, but you're in a room full of 25 people and you're not really comfortable with shaking anyone's hand? What yeah. does it feel like for you going around having to shake everyone's hand? And it's actually, you can see the moment by moment vision on someone's face as they notice as a shake of my hand. Actually, it's very difficult. It can be so awkward. So I've always shied away from doing that. I've talked about navigating the schoolyard with Nora Nifa and all the parents, all the other kids, hiding yeah. my hand as well. Yeah. What ableism for the first time. I had a football trial with Newcastle when I was 10. It was quite a traumatic experience, to be honest. That's actually stayed with me for 27 years. Talked about cancel a little bit just because I'm working for Macmillan and I want to mm-hmm. spread the awareness of that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Talked a little bit about self-harm and nice. something, that, something that happened to me when I was little and something I did. I also ran away from home because of my hand when I was little as well. So it's these kind of things that I just wouldn't normally say. I don't think anybody would, would they? Um, but it's part of my challenge and trying to be open and honest about it. Yeah. And being sensitive about it as well where I possibly can do. And some of it does sound easy enough. But so many challenges for me to overcome. And it's where I've started experience that anxiety that I mentioned. Never experienced anxiety before 29 days ago, I don't think. So it's something that I'm having to come up, like just trying to manage and understand actually what it's all about and what I can do to try and alleviate right. it a little bit. That's just some of the things that I'm trying to untangle. And it's all part of the cost. I think I've right. hide my hand for so long. But I'll pause there in case you've got any questions with what I've said. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to, you know, process there. First of all, you're an incredible human being for, you know, and the fact that there's so much strength in vulnerability as well. And I'm sure someone listening to this, you know, over the next few weeks, they might go, you know what, Tony's done it. I'm going to do it and put myself out there and do something that they would, you know, it takes a lot of bravery and courage, Tony, to be able to even share how you're feeling and 
I mean, I was recently, I've just been recently diagnosed with ADHD myself, but it's something I haven't posted anything anywhere, but I always knew I was this creative being and I was like a bouncy ball jumping from one thing to another. And I started, it was funny enough, I was on Instagram and starting to see all these posts about, you know, things like, and I was going, I can relate to these things about ADHD. And then two of my close friends in Australia were recently diagnosed as well. I thought, what, what is this? And it's, yeah, it's something that, I mean, I'm not taking the medication because I quite like the creativity and I'm quite happy with that, but it's something that there is a big stigma around it. And the more, the more I'm learning about it, I mean, I don't see it as a label. It's just there. And, you know, there's days where I can work in absolute chaos, but I get stuff done, but I don't, my brain thinks differently to other people. And, and that's what I'm okay with that. And, you know, I'm not necessarily thinking in a, you know, A to B to C to D to E to F. I'll go A to Z to G to F or whatever that is. And that's something that I've had to, I, I openly share in conversations now. So I'm not afraid to discuss that. But I think, you know, what you've demonstrated is that you've just literally put yourself out there and gone, you know what, this is me. And I can see you being on a global stage in the future and doing TED Talks about this. And you should. You absolutely should. Now, fully, your whole heart, you back No, it. that's frightening. <laughs> if, anybody, if anybody's listening to this who can get Tony a TED Talk or put him in touch with someone who can do a TED Talk or help you with that, that would be the ultimate, like putting yourself out there as well. And I mean, that would be incredible to watch. And I think your journey... You've definitely got a book in you there, Tony, for sure about this journey, because there will be other people out there who hold themselves back in whatever that way is and not release their full themselves fully. And, you know, hats off to you for what you've done. And, you know, my book with Jonathan, my co-author, Jonathan Bean, who you'll meet on Thursday, you know, we talk about the momentum mindset and we talk about how anybody or everybody can have be in their own inertia and have things that hold them back. But it's in the book, I talk about the initial concept for the book was looking at how I'd worked with coaching clients for years, more students, and I basically put a framework together. And then Jonathan came along like about eight months into the journey with me and we wrote it together eventually. And this framework is how I actually got out of my own inertia as well, which I was going through, which I'll share more at the book launch. And that's another story for another day. But you know, I love what you've done. You've essentially done it yourself. And when you get to read the full book, there might be things in there where you sort of say, actually, Vicky, maybe there's more you should add to this because there might be a chapter missing here. And, you know, I'd love your feedback on that because I'm sure it's all a learning curve. But I love what you've done. I think you're an incredible man. You've got so much. And in fact, we did your, on, you completed your entrepreneurial mindset profile last year in May mm-hmm. with me online. And this is a tool that, measures your entrepreneurial mindset. And I remember having a debrief with you and you had some incredible, incredible strengths. So it's a strengths-based tool and you had some really great strengths. And I know there was some lower scores, but we looked at where you were at the time and what you were doing. And do you want to share some thoughts about your entrepreneurial mindset results and any breakthroughs that you might have had because of that or was along that process? Yeah, um, well, anybody who knows me knows that I'm a massive reflector and I love to understand that little bit more about myself and this journey that I'm on is just, it's amazing for me. But when we talked um, about me last year, it, there's there's a few things in there that just I, I find interesting anyway and just made that little bit more sense, started to understand a bit more about it. So it was things like interpersonal sensitivity, you mentioned also non-conformity. So 
that interpersonal sensitivity is my super strength, I think. So I'm intuitive. I'm also sensitive to other people's needs. So, but also the flip side of that, my self-confidence was one of my lowest scores. And I feel like maybe after, even now, if I took a, a sense check of where I'm at now, I think my confidence will be a lot higher than what it was back then. And maybe after this 100-day challenge, it'll be even higher. That's the aim. Things like non-conformity. I've always thought that I don't conform. I never have done, but maybe that's because I've always had to do things slightly differently as well. And it's just maybe it's having to be creative and think of things slightly differently. But yeah, that's always one that kind of stuck out for me. You also mentioned execution as well, didn't you? So that's an area that I haven't necessarily, I shouldn't have struggled to, to delegate, I suppose. And that's always me trying to be a perfectionist. And that's something that I'm working on myself personally. So I'm getting a lot better than that. But that's certainly one of those ones that went, actually, yeah, that does make a lot more sense. So yeah, I love doing it. I'd love to do it again and see if my scores have changed. Absolutely. I think you'll definitely find so particularly the skill scales, which some which of which you've mentioned, I'm sure will change over time because you've actually you've changed roles, you've worked on yourself, you've done some incredible things. And there'll be some it'll be interesting to see. And we'll we'll have a chat offline about that. Maybe we'll share with listeners in the future the before and after, you know, we could do that later. So I want to ask you, have you got any tips for listeners about how you deal with setbacks? You've dealt with a lot of setbacks in your life and along the way and share some tips about not giving up and resilience for people who are listening. Yeah, I mean, some of the challenges that I'm doing, I'm, I'm finding out a lot more about myself all the time. So there's definitely a few tips in there. And I love my quotes. So I'm starting to put quotes online every day and some things that resonate with me. So there's a guy called Albert Einstein. He had a great quote about failure is success and progress. I really like that. I also like Harold Dweck's um, growth mindset theory when taking on any challenge. So it's basically about recognizing that you will not be good at something straight away. It's understanding that, but also the important thing is to make a start, keep going with it, whilst learning from your mistakes at the same time as well. It's still something that I'm learning myself. I'm certainly far from perfect. I'm still learning to step away from that perfectionist mindset, tap into that grit and perseverance needed to get things done. So yes, that's definitely learn from your mistakes, keep going and don't stop until you get there. That's great. I know one thing I've found on my own entrepreneurial journey is taking action. And I dropped the perfectionist t-shirt years ago because there's no way I could have fulfilled a teaching career based on being a perfectionist. It just wouldn't work. I would be, you know, it just wouldn't work. So I totally resonate with what you're saying there. So what does the future hold for your career moving forward? Okay. So for me, that's such an interesting question right now because I am quite open-minded with the stage that I, of life that I'm in at the moment. I've got a contract with Macmillan for the next 18 months at least. I love the balance that I've got. I'm the happiest that I've ever been. I live by the coast. My kids and my partner are settled. I have at least one day a week, a normal working day on a Monday that I've got totally to myself. So I love that. I can work on my own projects. I'm going to continue to try and develop myself. I always love doing that self-development to build my brand a little bit more, maybe. Trying to understand a bit more about that and how I can do it and just see where that takes me. I think that's, I think that's a good answer. Fantastic. Well, I look forward to seeing what you do next as well. And definitely, I think there's a book in you, Tony, who maybe start putting pen to paper for that for sure. So, okay, other questions I've got here. We've talked a lot about your role, but what would you say is the toughest part of your role? What's the thing that you find? I mean, sounds like you've got a great role and you're living your best life right now. So what's is there any challenges you faced or are you quite, is it? I'd say the toughest part of my role is also the best part of my role. So the toughest part of my role is that I have to wear three hats at any given time. Right, um, okay. 
I'm introducing a role in planning performance, role in planning on a 12 month basis. Mm-hmm. And the people that I'm linking in with maybe haven't always had that background. First of all, I've got to have a change agent hat on. I've got to make sure that everybody understands the importance of performance, understands why planning is needed. Then I've got to also have that coaching element, that coaching hat on. So people who don't necessarily have that background, what's their skills gap, their knowledge gap? How can I fill that as well? That comes with empathy, showing, understanding actually where they're coming from. Do they understand what I'm saying or do I need to try and change it, articulate it slightly differently? But I've also then got to move into that um, critical friend role and create that little bit of tension, understand actually where they are in terms of their own development and set people challenges as well. So I'm doing that as a as a wider organisation who I'm working with. Thoroughly enjoying it, but it is a difficult, it's a day-to-day thing and it can be quite tricky at times, but definitely part of the challenge, part of the challenge that I do enjoy. That's fantastic. A couple more questions. And some people are fearful of failure or rejection and some are fearful of massive success, which I found in my coaching practice. I'm curious, what are you fearful of? Honestly, I would say that I'm still a little bit, I've still got that little bit of fear of failure and not being accepted. It's been a big part of what I'm trying to untangle with the 10 for 100 project, that challenge. I'm nowhere near as bad as what I have been in the past. It's probably because I understand a bit more about the science behind it, why I think the way that I do. Um, it comes from feeling negative feedback. As a kid growing up, I had lots of negative feedback about my hand at times, even in my early parts of my career. Um, and it's part of my inner critic, I suppose, trying to protect me. It's making sure that I don't show any weaknesses. Don't put yourself out there because people might say things. I've just got to understand that a little bit better, maybe soothe that inner critic a little bit more and see, see at the end of the day, it's actually going to be okay. So yeah, there's a couple of things in there. I'm a lot better than what I was, but I've still got a little bit of work to do, I think. Yeah. I mean, I was going to ask you, what is the bravest or scariest thing you've ever done? But you've actually listed like several things that you've actually done recently, which would be quite scary to some people but you've done them but is there anything else you want to add to that list i would i would say <laughs> including this podcast no this podcast maybe 10 minutes before the podcast i might have been a little bit scared but i'm not now it's like i really enjoyed it but yeah it's it's almost every single day that i'm living this 10 to 100 challenge i have been a little bit scared but i'm the type of person that always stands up for doing the right things you have to be a little bit brave at times um and showing that little bit of courage. So I'm almost doing that on a daily basis. It is coming with a little bit of cost. Um, I'm not sleeping as well as what I have done previously. And I know that will improve. But yeah, yeah, those are some of the biggest challenges. Talking in front of 600 people, that was really scary. And it did nearly overwhelm me at one point. Um, got a bit emotional. and um, Managed to keep it together just about. Um, but yeah, I think it was pretty brave doing this. Um, but it was pretty scary at the same time. Good for you. I do recall my first ever lesson, and I think it was about four years before I met you. And I remember walking into the classroom and delivering a lecture. And I remember my voice got higher and higher as the more nervous I got. And I remember one lady at the front actually burst out laughing and it made me laugh. And it just, and, you know, building that rapport with people and, you know, it was, it was scary, but I remember doing it thinking I'm doing this anyway. And it took me probably three years being in the classroom to really start to find my mojo and get it. So, you know, it doesn't always, public speaking doesn't necessarily come to everybody immediately. It takes time, you know, but I think for me, I just made sure that I knew my stuff and I walked in there with the confidence to prepare and then just 
enjoyed the journey. You know, that was it. Thanks for sharing that. So in terms of anything else you want to say about staying positive or optimistic, anything that you think that people should have to help them with the momentum mindset as my book is coming out on Thursday? Anything else? I've got a couple of things. So really for me, a tip to stay positive is to take a step, no matter how small, every day towards living in your true alignment with your values. That can be a powerful mindset to be in. And that's what I'm trying to do day by day. Just step a little bit more towards my values. It's first of all, knowing what they are and taking that step towards it. It just makes a difference to your own happiness, your own contentment. And it's for me, it's changing. I know it's changing my life. It's rewiring my brain and it's making me a lot happier than I ever have been. It's not always easy to do. And in the days that it's actually difficult, it's just about being kind to yourself, whether that's, again, emotionally, physically, or psychologically as well. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so what does success look like for you in the future? It's achieving this 10-100 challenge, getting to the 100th day. Um, yeah. But it's also, it's getting that balance, isn't it? For me, success is making sure that I've got a good level of things that I'm comfortable with in my life. So whether that's balancing my family, balancing my health, my career, my social life as well. It's really important. I don't yeah. want to wait until I retire to live the life that I want to live. It's things like starting on having a non-work and day and continuing that on. Or maybe it's just doing a little bit more of that. I feel like I'm stepping into my purpose every day more and more. I'm slowly becoming liberated, if you like, from my inhibitions. And I'm excited about what the future will bring. So, yes, Fantastic. I feel like I'm just getting started with it. I love that. You're feeling liberated. I absolutely love that. Any final comments or tips for anybody who's feeling stuck right now and they want to get out of negative situations and live life on their terms? Any final comments? So I've mentioned I like quotes. I don't know who did this quote, but it's a good one. I've put, it is never too late to be what you might have been. You need to be kind to yourself. Understand that everyone has their own frames of reference that they grew up with. I certainly did. I grew up in a, a background where... Um, didn't have an awful lot of money. You had to be strong. Couldn't really show any weaknesses. And if you did, you were ridiculed a little bit. You've got to recognize your inner critic. It's just there to try and protect you. And sometimes you just need to soothe it and just say that everything's going to be okay. Thank you. What an inspiring podcast, Tony. I'm really glad that you came on the show. And I know there's going to be a few people who are going to be very inspired by what you've said today. So thank you. I'm inspired by it. Where can people find you if they want to reach out to you and share and connect with you? The main place at the moment is LinkedIn. And um, mm-hmm. so it's under Tony Addison. You'll be able to see some of the challenges I've got coming up. So I'm still yeah. doing a I'm doing a skydive. I'm doing wow. a 25 kilometer hike in the lakes coming up. I'm actually taking a flying lesson as well, Vicky, so I'm looking forward to that. Oh, wow, that's incredible. You know, I'm learning how to swim. I know I I should probably know how to swim by now, but I don't. This podcast was a big challenge for me. Your book launch on Thursday, I'm really excited, looking forward to that. Yeah. I'm doing canoeing and biking. And also I'm doing a talk with my child's uh, assembly fairly soon, so that'll be exciting. Oh, wow. Pretty scary as well. Uh, So looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, and the only other place that really you could ever mention, I wouldn't normally mention it, but it's I'm doing some fundraising as well for McMullen and also for um, Reach Charity. So I need all the help yeah. that I can get. So there's that side of things. But you can find me on LinkedIn and also on, yeah. um, on that side. So what I'll do, Tony, I'll plug your link for fundraising as well. And, you know, I'll definitely... Um, I'll donate for you as well. So thank you so much. I'm looking forward to seeing you in person on Thursday and at my book launch in Newcastle. And yeah, well, cheers to your, you know, success. And I wish you all the best. I'm looking forward to seeing what you do next in your journey. And 
I think you're an incredibly inspiring person and thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank oh, you. Thank you so much for again. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated. Take care.